What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room and the final part of my interview with Mark Lavolsi. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. In this episode, we wrap up the conversation about cutting the wedding crashers and the Devil Wears Prada. Before we get started, I'd like to wish everyone a happy holidays from everyone here at The Cutting Room and the Art of the Guillotine. Make sure to check out Tej's tech blog and Nina's top five EDL, as well as our upcoming interviews with Steve Rosenblum. And now, the final installment of my three-part interview with Mark Lavolsi. Your work on emotional scenes stand out in the films. You really use the lengthening and shortening of a cut to impact on the audience. When you come up to a emotionally driven scene, how do you approach your first cut on it? The thing is, is like I said, with comedies you want to try to be breezy and fast-paced and all that, but if you're going to stand a chance of having any sort of emotional impact at all, then you're going to need to let something play out. Mm -hmm. And the faster something is, in general, when things do stop, the more you stop and notice them. So there's kind of like a point to stopping and letting something play out. In the case of the scene in Prada where Meryl was sort of having her breakdown on the couch, mm -hmm. it was really just a question of allowing her to do her thing mm -hmm. and act, which she does so well and just find the best pieces to put together. And when I needed to hide a splice, I'd find a piece of Anne Hathaway reacting or listening to her. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there was no reason to cut away. If there's really no reason to cut away, then there's really no reason to cut. The performance spoke for itself mm -hmm. and, you know, it was compelling. And yes, there was a point when I had cut that, that and it was sort of so unlike the rhythm of the rest of the movie that I was a little worried, thinking, are people going to get bored? Are they going to be distracted? Are they going to wander away at this moment because I'm not cutting? But the truth of the matter is, is that was one of the scenes that kept them in their seats. That was one of the, the scenes that really kept them riveted. And it was because it's about the emotional content of the scene. Mm -hmm. It's not about the rhythm of the cuts. Those can facilitate, those can help, but really it's about, it's about what's in the shot, what's happening, what's being said. Now, I just want to jump back for a second, just a, a Cameron Crowe question that I missed. He's known for his music. His films are filled with like uh, iconic music. Yeah. How does music influence you when you cut? It influences me. It's a give and take kind of process with music. If I'm cutting a scene that's not a montage, that's just like say a dialogue scene, then it's not going to influence me immediately because I'm not really dealing with music. I'm dealing with the scene itself. Mm -hmm. If I'm dealing with a montage, then I need music to be sort of the foundation upon which I lay the shots. I need to have, I need to have some sort of rhythm and some sort of tone and some sort of mood that only music can really provide to allow me to do more than just string shots together, to really come up with something that's fully realized. When I'm cutting a dialogue scene, at some point, if music is called for, then I'll go and find some temp score Mm -hmm. from some other movie and put it in and sometimes the music will sort of lead me into the point of the scene it'll lead me down a road where I'll start to understand even more where the true point of the scene is where the music should start will really kind of give me maybe not the point of the scene but the center of the scene and it's sort of a give and take in terms of 
it helps me to understand the scene better at times. For instance, you know, in terms of the montage idea, you know, there's a montage in Marley and Me, you know, that's like this time passage montage. And they were shooting that in a unit they called their Winnebago unit. It was just, you know, a bunch of guys shooting video, like whenever they could grab it, you know. And it's supposed to be this huge sprawling span of Owen's life over the course of two years in Jennifer Aniston's <laughs> life. And those pieces kept coming in. And I kept sort of loosely fitting them together and kind of putting it away and not really dealing with it. Mm -hmm. for a while and I realized I could never really finish the scene unless I had a good piece of music. I, ha I needed music under the scene to really cut it and I had to have it cut before I showed it to David Frankel. Yeah. So in that particular case it was clear that a song wasn't going to work. I, I don't know, it just seemed like it wasn't a song place, it was a score place. But no score seemed to do exactly what I wanted it to do. Mm -hmm. It had to build a certain way, it had to reach a certain point, it had to have a certain quality that you would search through a thousand scores and you wouldn't find just the right thing and even if I did you know I would once the real score was done I would have to go in and recut and I wasn't thrilled about that I wanted to sort of finish the piece so in that particular case I had Teddy Shapiro who was the uh, composer mm -hmm. who's already signed on to do Marley and Me and I knew from Devil Wears Prada I asked him to work with me and to start to sketch out a piece of music ahead of time while they were still shooting and I sent him the shot, the, the loose version of the scene that I had, and he said, okay, I get it. He wrote a piece of music, and we sent it to David, who was down in Florida shooting, and I was in New York cutting, and Teddy was in L.A. composing, thanks to the Internet. Yeah, I was just going to say thanks to technology. I, yeah, emailed it to David. David had some notes, sent it back to Teddy. Teddy did some fixes, sent it back to me, and... Finally, I had a piece of music that was going to be very close to the final piece of music to wow. be used in the film, and I was able to finish the montage. And it didn't change, except for shortening, it didn't really change mm -hmm. that much. When you're cutting a dog, because everyone always says, don't do a film about children or animals. Yeah. And this one had... Had both. Two, yeah, I was going to say. Had two kids, and or three kids, and one dog, or one at least one screen dog. Yeah. Yeah. And there were several... There was there many. problems that you encountered when cutting the dog? <laughs> Not really, and I'll tell you why. Because when I signed on to do the show, I thought there were going to be 30 dogs. Mm -hmm. There were like almost, there were like 20, but I, I thought there were going to be 30 dogs and they were going to shoot a million miles of film. Mm -hmm. And that I was going to have to figure out a way to create a performance, you know, just through sleight of hand. Yeah. And the truth is, is they had wonderful trainers, well-trained dogs. They had it all planned out, and David kind of shot, a lot of stuff was rehearsed in Masters with Owen and Jen and the dog and the trainers just off screen, shouting commands, which I later mm -hmm. edited out of the audio track. And, you know, they would do seven, eight, nine takes, whatever it took to get it right. But they would do these things all sort of like in camera, on set, mm -hmm. in a lot of masters. So it was really kind of easy actually to edit. All I had to do was pick the take I liked and edit out the trainer voices for the most oh. part. So that was a um, pleasant surprise. Yeah. No. Now you, in the same Editor's Guild article, you discussed uh, using scene cards. Did you, yeah. were they um, paper edit that you put together? What they are, scene cards are just really 
like having a, a, a continuity. A continuity is just a list of all the scenes in the movie mm -hmm. with just a quick description for what they are, like Joe goes to the store, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And what I've done for years, and actually got this off of Joe mm -hmm. Hutching, who, who did it before me, and actually a version of this was done by Susan Morse when I worked at Woody Allen's as well. Uh, scene cards are basically, they're just the scene number, mm -hmm. A short description and image capture from the scene okay. that best identifies what the scene is from my point of view and they're just tacked onto the wall and it's just a way to allow me to see the entire film mm -hmm. in scene order and it's really useful if you ever have to restructure the film you can kind of like figure out where the act breaks are yeah. in a visual way because I'm kind of visually oriented you know I don't respond well to lists like just written lists I just mm. I don't see it as well as I do. There's something more tactile about seeing these cards all sort of tacked to the wall and, and little visual representations of each mm -hmm. one of them. Okay, now I have one last question that I ask everyone, and that's, what's your favorite guilty pleasure film? Oh, my favorite guilty pleasure yeah. film? I like some pretty bad movies, so. Do you? Yeah. Well, you haven't gone to, I'm, I'm like a grindhouse guy. Oh yeah? Oh, totally, I mean, like I like everything. Favorite guilty pleasure film? I mean, dare I say Plan 9 from Outer Space? That's a pretty good one. That is a pretty good one. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> I'd have to say Plan 9. There's something so epically bad about it, and it's only so bad because it strives for such yeah. poetry. It's not mundane bad or boring bad. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of bad aren't fun, aren't enjoyable. Mm -hmm. There's there's a, there's a poetry to his movies that's undeniable. It's a warped, twisted, and inept poetry, but it's a poetry nonetheless. Well, thank you very much for allowing me to interview. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. I'd like to thank my producer, Lauren Woodcock. I'd like to thank Jenny McCormick, and I'd also like to thank Mark Lavolsi himself. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>